0: Assurance, lordship, what do those terms mean? Tell you a story. 1984, June of 84, I completed my senior season at Troy University. We were a Division II school at the time. We had competed in the College World Series. We had flown to California, just outside of L.A., played in this College World Series, so fired up, we get beat. Season's over. Senior season's done. I get in my car. I leave Troy. I drive back to Noonan, Georgia, where I was from. Now, as I'm driving back this two-and-a-half, three-hour drive, I'm contemplating, is that it? Is baseball now over? Am I going to be forced to get a real job? I mean, Little League, Pony League, Summer Ball, High School Ball, College Ball, but now it's over. Is there any more? Or am I done? My dream, ambition, aim had always been as a little boy to play professionally. Would that ever happen? When I mean, I'd been home for a few days when the phone rang. This was before caller ID. And my mom answered the phone late that evening. And she said, there's a guy by the name of Bob with the Houston Astros that says he wants to talk to you. I'm like, no way. Get on the phone, talk to Bob. Bob goes, I watched you play in high school, watched you play in college. I like your game. I want to sign you to a professional baseball contract. I'm like, no way. This, this is what I've always dreamed of. So he said, here's what's going to happen. You're going to receive a phone call tomorrow morning first thing, and there's going to be a guy that walks you through some things. There's a good chance you're going to catch a flight tomorrow afternoon, and you're going to fly to Syracuse, New York. You're going to play in the New York pin League. We're in Auburn, New York. You'll fly into Syracuse. Somebody will meet you at the airport. They'll have your name, hook up with them. They'll bring you to Auburn. And then we'll get you going. I'm like, okay, what, 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 what else should I expect? Just bring you a pair of cleats and a glove and we'll figure it out from there. So I did. Get off the plane. Sure enough, a guy met me there, jumped in the car. They took me to a hotel in Auburn, New York. And there it was. A guy by the name of Lou met me. We sat down and started talking and he goes, Tim, we're excited to sign you to a professional contract. He breaks out the contract, lays it in front of me, hands me a pen and he says, are you willing to sign this contract with the Astros? And I'm like, Yes. And I signed this contract. I was so happy I I had this contract. I I was a professional player. Signed another one in 85, 86, 87. During the winter meetings of 87, 88, the LA Dodgers purchased me from the uh, Houston Astros. Going to spring training the next year, signed a contract with the Dodgers. And then at the end of the season in 88, the winter of 88, early January of 89, I get a certified uh, letter in the mail, I'll open it up, it's from the L.A. Dodgers, and it reads, we're sorry to announce, but you have been released. Your contract is void, your services are no longer desired. Now in baseball terminology, when you see the word released, it means everything you've dreamed of and hoped for, it's gone, It's, it's a crushing blow. For the inmate who's been released, it's like, praise God, I get to walk free. The word released is a funky word. For those who know Christ, we've been released to take the gospel into the world. For some, release means those court records are now public knowledge and anybody can read them. Released is a crazy word. It's according to what you've been released from or released to. Here's the point. So we all sit there and go, yeah, that's the world. You can sign a contract, you can be fired. You can move into even a marriage covenant, you have to sign this paperwork, and those things dissolve. Is there any assurance? Is there any certainty? Is there any security that we can have in life? If if I claim that I've come to faith in Christ, can I be saved and sure? In the South, you'll hear people use terminology like this. Uh, Pastor Tim, do you believe in once saved, always saved? And I would say, define salvation. People have asked me, do you believe, Tim, that you can lose your salvation? To which I respond, yes. You can lose your salvation, but you can't lose his. Whose salvation did you get? Whose salvation did you get? Have you ever received his salvation? Because we talked last week that salvation implies I'm being rescued from the grip of Satan and the power of sin and I'm being delivered to the presence of the Holy Spirit and the peace of God. What did you receive? What were you introduced to? Now, assurance, security. Here's what it means. You may want to write this down. It's how God protects the born-again believer for the completion of their life in Christ. Do you believe that you can have security in Christ? Yes. Yes. Is there a lot of people sitting under my voice today that doubts whether they've received God's salvation? Yes. Even my buddy Drew last Sunday would say, you know what? i got to nail it down. I've got to get this right. Assurance is the God-given confidence that God gives he or she who is truly saved that they can have confidence as they move through life. Is it possible for you to have confidence? Yes. Now, one of Satan's greatest tricks and greatest ploys that he'll mess with you on and with is causing you to question your salvation. Now, as a 13-year-old kid, as I mentioned last week, praying a prayer, walking an aisle, getting in a tank of water, I would like, I'm not really sure. It's because the root never changed and the fruit never changed and Jesus never became the authority and ruler of my life. I hadn't really truly been saved. I'd been scared. Some of y'all have been scared. You prayed a prayer, went through the motions, and... You were scared. Now, here's what you'll find. The Bible teaches that salvation does not depend on human effort. It is a gift from God. That's the reason, Jeff, I'll say, what salvation did you receive? We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's not a result of works. It's nothing that man can boast about. It's a free gift. I receive this gift. If I receive it, I've got to believe it, which leads to action. If I say that I am saved and there is no fruit that manifests that keeps with what the Jesus life looks like, I've yet to really ask myself have I received the Jesus of the Bible? Now, here's a truth when it comes to salvation it's not human effort, you don't bring anything to the dance. But I wrote this down, that where there is uncertainty concerning how salvation is attained, there will always be confusion over whether it can be maintained. Well, how how are you saved? A lot of people think that you bring something to the dance. There's human effort added to it. It's not. Jesus plus nothing equals completion. It's not God needing Jesus and you. Jesus on the cross didn't cry out. I've done my part, now you do yours. He cried out, it is finished. It's fundamental. But you've got to ask yourself, is there any manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Philippians chapter one, again, verse six, being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to perfect it. Who started the work? There's a lot of people that walk in here week after week with false hope. There's There's no change in you. Oh, yeah, I'm saved, brother. Saved from what and to what? I'm confident, confident, secure. I've got this assurance that the God who began is capable of perfecting and completing. I I can't do it. 1 John 5, 13. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you can know that you have eternal life. I've written to you who believe so that you can know. N- no, certainty, assurance. There's going to be hope in you. So God, listen to me, declares righteous, which means he justifies. The word justify means I declare you righteous, those who believe, repent, respond, and receive Christ. That's how how it starts. Do you believe that you can have assurance? Absolutely. Assurance does not come from attending church. Assurance does not come from good works. Assurance does not come from just having decent rituals. Assurance comes from radical repentance and responding to Jesus only. The fruit of the Spirit leads to change. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, one of our favorite texts when you start to ponder it, starting in verse 17, he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are becoming new to him. And again, God doesn't just make us a better version of what we used to be. When we're truly born again and saved, he makes us a new version of what we've never been. And some of us are trying to be a little better than we used to be. But he said, the old is gone. And he goes on to say this is a gift from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Reconcile. It means to purchase and bring us back to him. You were distant. You were alienated. He's reconciled. He's brought you back to the right relationship with God that Adam had in the garden before sin. And he did it through Christ. And God now has given you who have received This gift of salvation through reconciliation, he's given you the ministry and the message of reconciliation. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people, uh, their sins against them. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Who's got the ministry? You do. Who's to share Christ? You. Who's to be a part of reaching 1,500 plus? You are. Who's to be sharing their story? You. Who's to be praying over the sick, the wounded, the hurting? You. Because if you have received, then you will release. But if you haven't received, you have nothing to give. And if you're not giving, you've got to question the root because there's no fruit. Come on. Come on. So, introspection is crucial. Introspection is crucial. So I was sitting there last night, Barb and I went out to dinner, and I was like, I wrote this thing, ignoring his advice. Listen to this. I was thinking about this. In light of salvation, baptism, assurance, and lordship, listen to this. It's impossible to say that I trusted Jesus to save me when I ignore his advice to lead me. He said, go and make disciples. He said, be a generous giver. He said, love your neighbor. Now, disciple and disciple maker implies you're being all you can be and the best you can be for the glory of God, plus pointing others to do the same. I'm a disciple. I'm being all I I can be and the best I can be for the glory of God. But I'm a disciple maker. I'm pointing others to do the same. It means I'm knowing God and making him known. Disciples and disciple makers are not aloof, they're not arrogant, they're not self-centered, they're not self-consumed, they're not isolated. I, I love Jesus, but I don't love people and I sit in my corner and I don't ever share him. Your fruit screams no root. You should question your salvation. You should question who you belong to. So I ask the question, What are you doing to make others better? Who are you making better? Who are you helping to be all that they can be and the best they can be for the glory of God? Who are you helping? Oh, my bad. Now, why don't you share your faith? Why are you not kind toward others? It's impossible to say that you've trusted Jesus to save you when you ignore his advice to lead you. Oh, my bad. Why don't you give? Why is it okay for you to rob God? No, 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 no. It's impossible for you to say that you've trusted Jesus to save you when you ignore his advice to lead you. Please, I mean, please, don't tell me you love Jesus when you ignore his advice and commands. The fruit of the Spirit is not a rude, mean Pissy attitude. You will not read that in Galatians five. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I see some people going, "I love Jesus." I'm like, "You've got a brutal attitude. You need a checkup from the neck up. You need a heart change." Come on. All right. So check it out. Assurance. Do I have the root? Yes. Is there manifestation of fruit? Yes. Now, now listen to me. Here's the problem. Just hear me on this one. Some of y'all are more upset with me saying pissy attitude than you are not sharing your faith, not praying, not interceding, and not giving. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. If we trust Christ, if we're gonna move into having assurance of salvation, he's gonna change us from the inside out. Dan, he's gonna change us. Drew, he's gonna change us, Richard. We can't look like what we used to. We can't hide. I mean, your junk's gonna get known. No, no, this was a verse that freed me. Again, every verse I'm sharing, hey, I want you to win. We're a discipleship culture. We want you to win. But listen to what he says in John 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep and all this. Listen to what he says. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Hey, my my sheep, they, they know my voice. They hear me. They follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. But it's my sheep. The ones who hear me know my voice. Do you know his voice? When he speaks to you, do you hear him? When he speaks to you, do you obey him? Do you know his voice? They know my voice. Romans 8. I am convinced. That's an assurance word, security word, strong word. I'm convinced that neither death, life, angels, principalities, things present, things to come. I'm convinced, he goes on to say, that nothing shall ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. I'm convinced nothing. And I'm telling you right now, those passages right there is a young believer You can know that you have eternal life because you've believed. You've got confidence that he began a good work in you. You know that nothing will separate you from the love of Christ. You know the shepherd's voice. Yes. Yes. Do you know his voice? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? We live in a culture where so many people that I've talked to will look at me and say, to this question, do you know where you're going to spend eternity? Well, I, ho- I hope I'm going to go to heaven. What does hope mean? Hope, does hope mean that you're just going to kind of roll the dice and go through the motions? Or uh, I, I wish, I mean, I, I wish I could know you can, but it's going to require repentance. It's going to require surrender. It's going to require selling out. Listen to me, my friend. I love you guys. There's not a person that I meet, not a person under my voice that I want to see stay aloof, alienated and separated and isolated. There's not a person in this room that I'm okay looking at going, we'll just keep going through the motions. In a sarcastic way, Dustin's right. Hey, I've been coming in here just taking up a chair. I have no desire to grow. I'm just killing time. Send me information on another church. You would go... That don't make any sense. Well, it doesn't make any sense going through the motions. It doesn't make any sense suppressing your sin. It, it doesn't make any sense. And so here would be my encouragement. Are you flooded with doubts this morning? Do you struggle knowing really whether you're truly saved and born again or not? Do you have assurance? Do you? I'm not really sure. At 13, I told you, I I prayed a prayer, walked an aisle, got in a tank of water, but I was as lost as a ball in high weeds. I had no transformation. And all those years of going through the motion, I was not satisfied with that. I'm like, I'm going to stand before a holy God one day. I'm going to give an account. I'm not okay with just being a nice guy. I wanted to be a God guy. I wanted to be a Jesus guy. Obedience. i got to do it. I've got to eliminate doubt. So Drew says, I'm doing it. I get a phone call at like 2 o'clock last Monday. And my son Benji was like, Dad, I was baptized as a young, young guy. You know what? I know Benji. But, Dad, when I was at Middle Tennessee four years and some change ago, I really repented and surrendered i got to get it right. When you were teaching yesterday, I'm like, i got to be baptized. i got to get this right. So I'm being baptized tonight at 630 at Jeff's house. And Jeff's his father-in-law. And I said, outside in that pool? He's like, yes. And I said, it is Lord's will for Jeff to baptize you. <laughs> Tell him, Dean, it's God's will, brother. God's calling Jeff to do that one. Because I got some water right over here that the Lord's want me to use. <laughs> but no, the serious thing is Jeff baptized Benji. They videoed it. And I was like, that was cool. And he said, you know, I, I really was convicted in my heart to do it outside at like 6, 630 at night in cold water. He said, I wanted it to cost me something. He said, when I started thinking about what my Savior's done to rescue me and redeem me, he said, when I walked in the waters, he said, I wanted it to be a statement. It's cost you. It's not easy. You've got you to persevere. you got to endure. And he's like, that, that was a huge part for me. And I said, that's good. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But please, 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 don't, don't be okay with being lukewarm. Because he says, I spit you out of my mouth. Some of you right now need to repent and confess and eliminate doubt and say, hey, i, I got to have Christ as Lord. So you did that just a few weeks back and baptizing you last week. It was, it's a game changer for you. I'm, t- I'm tired of going through the motions. I've got to get this right. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let's pray. Right now, in the name of Jesus, some of you need to just repent. Just Repent. In your own words to God, God, I'm turning from my sin. I'm turning from my self-centeredness. I'm turning from being lukewarm. I'm turning from just going through the motions. And I am responding to Jesus. I am confessing Jesus. I am surrendering to Jesus right now. And so, Father, I ask you to take over my life. I ask you to be my Lord and my master. From this day forward, I surrender in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when I close here in a few moments, we're going to go through the connect card, and there's a place to say, that's me. Let me wrap it with this. Assurance, lordship. A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite writers, the knowledge of the holy, many things that Tozer has written. Listen to what he said. The Lord will not save those he cannot command. He will not divide his offices. You cannot believe on a half Christ. We take him for what he is. He is the anointed Savior and Lord who is King of kings and Lord of lords. No one can receive just part of Christ. Any teaching or message that presents the Savior as less than Lord of all cannot be the gospel. And again, that was the buzz play years ago. Now, have you received Jesus as Savior or is, or is He your Lord? I didn't get a vote in it. Acts chapter 2, verse 36, key verse. Let everyone in Israel know, and let them know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord. And Messiah. Who made Jesus Lord? Who made him Messiah? Who made him Savior? God did. I don't. I receive him for what God made him, but I never make him what I want him to be. And that's the fallacy of reasoning in the South, my friend. I'll, I'll make him what I want him to be. No, you won't. He will not divide his offices. He's Lord. God made him Lord, Messiah, Savior. Lordship, kurios in the Greek, means he's in charge, he's got the reins, he's authority. He's calling the shots. Jesus is Lord. He's in charge. God doesn't, he doesn't need your vote. He doesn't need your permission. To define who Jesus is. Religion don't make him. Your performance won't make him. It'll make who you are. Your surrender. Your repentance. Your obedience. is going to determine whether you win or whether you lose. Whether you live moving toward victory or whether you're living in stable misery. It's going to determine. Jesus is Lord. Have you surrendered to him as Savior, Master? Lord. Now, here's some passages, and I close you with this. All of these passages are worth memorizing. Psalm 37, Matthew 6, Matthew 22, all of these verses right here. I've, I've used Psalm 37 so much over the years it's not even funny. Psalm 37 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord, and do good, cultivate faithfulness. Delight Yourself in the Lord. Commit to the Lord. It goes on to say, rest in the Lord. Delight, trust, commit, in the Lord. Not in your performance. Not in your past failures. Who are you resting in? The Lord. Who are you trusting in? The Lord. Not, Not the cross Loganville. Not Tim or Nick or Dustin or Steve or Joe or the Lord. That's right. Matthew 6, 33. Seek the Lord's righteousness first. That's the implied. Seek the righteousness from the Lord first. And all these other things will be added to you. You want to see your life flourish? Seek the Lord. Matthew 22. What's the greatest command according to the law of Moses? To love the Lord your, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything the law and the prophets they taught, they, they hang on these two teachings right here: love, love the Lord. Then Jesus was saying, Luke six, why don't you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? You, you see, it's impossible to say He saved me, but I don't I don't follow His advice. Because his sheep know his voice, and they follow him. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness. But for the believer, Austin, you're a young believer in this thing. It's so powerful. But the manifestation is, I got security. I got assurance. I can walk in Freedom. I read this years ago. There was no author; it was just said unknown, so I can't quote the source and redeem the the person's uh, writing here. But listen to what he says: There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sang or prayed. And when one day he passed away, his insurance was denied. For since he really never lived, they claimed he never died. And I was reading that, Steve, and I was thinking, Jeff, for the believer, am I willing to risk it all for the gospel? Safe is not a kingdom word. Am I willing to risk it? Am I willing to go for it? Am I willing to go all in myself? First of all, driving the stake in the ground, I'm all all in. And then am I willing to pick up the torch and say, you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You have been reconciled or reconciled and brought back to God. You've been reconciled, yes, yes. Now, I'm walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, reconciled, brought back to God. Now, the root is starting to manifest, and now I'm going out sharing Christ with the world. Melanie, that's why just in a few years after Patrick responds to the gospel in Afghanistan and comes back to you guys, that you can go to Mexico, you can go do street ministry, We're going to go give a blanket. We're going to go give food, but we're going to share Christ and love on you. Are you scared? No. I'm not scared because I've been given the ministry of reconciliation. I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but I've been given a spirit, Angela, of power, of love, and sound mind. And just because I got a little loose with you today, I didn't lose my mind. It was intentional. Knew what I was saying. I've been given a sound mind. So, Papa Dean, all in, Jim. Jesse, all in, buddy. Young boys, all in. All in. My insurance will not be denied. No, he he lived. Not like a fool. But if he was, he was a fool for Jesus.